John 4, 1 through 9, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Wow. Whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world, by this, that, by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Brothers and sisters, if, we, if you're wondering if the, the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world, it's in the world. Okay? Look at verse 4. You are of God, little children. Alright? And have overcome them because he who is in you, say he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Let's read that again. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Say it the third time. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world. And the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Mm -hmm. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. In this, the love of God has manifested towards us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. I want to talk to you on the subject today. In you, there's greater. In you, there's greater. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We lift up Your name above all names. At the mention of Your name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that You are God. Heavenly Father, let Your Word leap off the pages and into our heart today. Help us to see things we have never seen. Let it become revelatory. Let it be rhema. Touch our minds, we may understand our ears, and we may hear our heart, we may receive. Blessed is your word, Lord, forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Can you look to your neighbor right there to your right and say, in you there's greater? To the left? Put your hand on yourself and say, in me there's greater. See, sometimes it's hard for us to confess it. I remember uh, sometimes I, 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 people would ask to talk to me, and especially uh, certain people that have gone through a lot of trauma, sometimes uh, women, and, and, and I, I sometimes would do an exercise with them. I'd get a, 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 a mirror, and I'd ask them to stand in front of that mirror and, and, and would confess to themselves, I am beautifully made or I'm beautiful. And you know that there were some people that couldn't say that. They couldn't say that I'm beautiful, that I am of value, that people like me, that they are attracted to me. Did you know that uh, there are some women that could not tell themselves or look in the mirror that they love themselves or, or they, they, they see themselves as beautiful? It's difficult because why? Uh, um, the world has given us uh, uh, their wisdom. And it says this, that there is a spirit of antichrist in the world. What does that mean? You know, that word spirit of antichrist, that means that it is against everything that Christ died for. It is against everything that Christ made in our life. 
Bible says in Genesis that we were created in God's image, male and female. So anything that goes against that thinking is the Antichrist. Anything that would tell you or tell another person that they are valueless or they have no value is Antichrist. Because if you have no value, then why in the world did God so love the world that he gave his only begotten son? Now, why would a man, or why would Jesus, why would the king of glory who sits on the throne died for valueless things? He did. Well, you know, when, when people quote that scripture out of John 3, oh, for God so loved the world, brothers and sisters, he's not talking about the trees. He's not talking about the animals. He's not talking about the birds. He's not talking about the fish. You know why he wasn't talking about it? Because why would you die for something that you could just speak and it, it swims? See y'all. Why would he die for something that he could just say, I need another oak tree. I need another pine tree. I need another apple tree. He could just speak it. But the difference is he died for the world. It represents you and me because when he went, he didn't speak us into existence. He blew us into existence. And when his breath went into that clay, his DNA caused that clay to have life. And Adam, or that piece of clay, became a living soul. So when Jesus says, or when God says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that means that God died for you and me. Because God died for you and me, that means we have value that is worth more than the world. What, so people would say, how much is a man or a woman's soul worth? Or how much is a person's soul worth? It's actually worth more than the world. It's more than the gold of all the world. It's more than the oil in all the world. It is more than all the rubies and the diamonds and the emeralds. It is more than all the platinum. It is more than all the iron and the copper and the steel. It is more than all of the shale oil. It is more than all of the wealth and the riches of this earth that a soul of a person is even greater value to God than that. And God says that there is a antichrist in this world, but yet there is someone that being a believer. Now, when John wrote this, he actually wrote it to believers. He wrote it to you and me. He wrote it to people who are beloved in Christ. That's why he said that uh, we are uh, little children. Why does in verse 4 he says, you are of God, little children? Little children, he's representing that we must have a faith like a child. You have to believe that God made you. That you have to believe that the way you are was God's design. That your personality God put there for a greater purpose. That God put your mind and the talents and the things that you have is because in you there's greater. In you there's greater is because God lives in you. He, did, he wasn't talking about non-believers. He was talking about believers. That's why he said beloved. Beloved. You know that you, I have a friend uh, here in the city, he's a pastor. Every time he gets up to his church and he has the sweetest demeanor, okay? Every time I, I'm around him, you just, he, it's like he sweats love, you know what I mean? And, and, and he always addresses his church with a really calm voice. He said, beloved, you know, and the way he says it, you know, just like, oh, man. 
He just wants, you know, you just want to cry. But the, the, the thing about it is this. He says that you are of God little children. That means you and I have to come to the Lord like little children. You know, oftentimes uh, when you see little children come, they are very innocent. They come with all of their heart wide open. Right? They don't have any pretenses. They don't have walls around them. They just come. If, you, if they like you, they like you. They're not fake about it. You know, that's, I, I wonder why my, my wife loves being around little children. She's, she's like, honey, it's because when children love you, they love you. There's no complication about it. And now I can understand why school teachers teach elementary. Right? It's because there, there is a genuineness about a child. We call it innocence. But the child is very real. If he likes something, he goes all in and he's all out and he speaks his mind and he says. So as we are a, a child of God, John is encouraging us when we come to worship, come to worship like a child. When we give, come to give like a child. When we love, come to love like a child. When, when, we, when we connect with people, love them and care and be passionate. Because little children tend to be very passionate, even in simple things. You ever see a child? I remember when my kids were uh, young, we'd, you know, we'd have toys all over. And then um, we, they'd find a box that the toy came in and they just fascinated with the box. I'm like, wait a minute, you have all these expensive toys and they want to play with the box, right? And I was just uh, at coffee with a friend of mine and, and he has three, three kids and he was telling me, he goes, man, I, uh, you know, the other day they just kept playing with this box, this old paper box. And he didn't understand that. And he said, man, we have all these toys, but they, it's because why? Children become fascinated. God wants us to become fascinated with him. Are we fascinated with him? Or is it just a routine that we go to? Are we fascinated? You know, as they were singing the song, uh, I was standing there, you know, there, as they were singing those beautiful songs, and I, I re recognized something. He said, Lord, you are holy. You are the Prince of Peace. God, I just want to worship you if I'm the only one here like a child. Be focused. You know, children, we have to be like a child. You know, it all talks about uh, how do we become greater? You know, it, it's, it's not because of our own ability. Oftentimes we think, oh, I can lean, I can, uh, oh, I can do this because God. No, the, there is a you that's greater. It is not you, but actually is Christ through you. We have to depend on Christ. The first thing I want to give you is this. If you, in you there's greater. For you and I to be greater, we must increase our capacity for God's word. We have to have an increase for his word. We, uh, in another way is this. We must have an appetite for the things of God. It's easy today with all the social media. It's easy today with all the things going on and being thrown at us that we are increasing our capacity for other things, but not really for God's word. We got to have an increase in our appetite for God's word. You want to see that greatness in you is because God is uh, trying to bring the Christ through you. Because that's why he's living in you. And when he's living in you, he's trying to live out of you. 
So when God is trying to get out of you, is not out of your flesh, but out of your spirit. And when it's out of your spirit, it would affect your soul. And when it, uh, it affects your soul, it'll affect your actions in the flesh. Because it has to start from inside out. You know what John 3.30 says? He must increase, but I must decrease. See, oftentimes we, we quote that backwards. I, I got to decrease so God can increase. No, now it's about you again. See, we act like it's us. It's, it has nothing to do with us. If we would increase God, our flesh and our, our own self and our own pride will decrease. Because the more of him you incorporate into your life, the less of you we will see. The less of our flesh, the less of our impatience, the less of our uh, uh, bitterness and hatred. It would be more of his fruit, more of his spirit, more of his wisdom in our life. It's easy to be caught up in these things of this world. I mean... Think about it, y'all. I, I kind of, I mean, many of you don't realize it, but uh, you don't even know what an 8-track is. Anybody know what an 8-track is? Oh, my gosh. Pastor Danny, me and you do know. Okay? And, you know, Pastor Jeremy's like, no, sir. No. Does anybody here know what a cassette tape is? Right, okay, some of you, right? You know, we thought, when we were kids, we thought it was the coolest thing to have this thing called a Walkman. Right, and get clipping onto our bell and have head, our headphones, and it wasn't wireless. It was connected to a wire, had these little sponges on the ear. It was orange usually, you know? And we thought anybody had that was so cool and, you know, break dancing and all this and, 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 and wearing, uh, uh, you know, uh, guest blue jeans, right? But what I realize is the technology we living in here today is increasing and we are being inundated with so much things. You could get caught up and so distracted with, with, with uh, social media, with the internet, with all the things that this world is. And, and, and what I recognize is you could get to a place where you're so bombarded in your mind with things you don't know what is of God and what is God. Now, I'm not telling you to turn off your smartphones. I'm not telling you to be a hermit. I'm not telling you you can't enjoy technology. But, brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to get us at is we all need an increase for God's Word. Get an increase. Say an increase. I need an increase. When you hear the boss say, you need an increase in your pay, you're like, yeah. Right? I'm telling you right now, you need an increase. You and I need an increase in God's Word. The only reason, the only way we can stop the enemy from, from, from tricking us and deceiving us is to increase his word in our life. Increase. Learn the word. There is just too much junk going around today. And the only way you can hear, some people say, how can I hear God's voice more? Increase God's word in your life. You know, it's amazing. I, I used to struggle hearing God's voice. And uh, uh, I remember my pastor would say, you know how you can hear God's voice clear? Read more of his word. And all of a sudden, his voice, you start hearing, he has a very specific voice. It's like when, you're, uh, when <clears throat> you have little babies at first, you know, you come over the house and they don't know you. 
you know, they barely open their eyes like this, and you say, hello, what's a cute little baby? And they don't, it just stares forward, right? But then when, it's, when the mama come in, hey, baby, and all of a sudden he starts looking. He can't see, he can't focus, but he starts looking. Why? It's because he has spent, or she has spent, nine months or 40 plus weeks in his mother's womb and around his father. Uh, uh, that, that means that every day there is voice. And so, brothers and sisters, the more you have God's word in your life, the more you will know what is the truth and what is in error. The second thing that God is trying to get out in us, because in us there is greater, we got to learn to love more. Yes. For God so loved the world. He didn't say, for God so loved all the black people that he died for them, or just the white people, or just the Jewish people, or just the people that live in North America. Thank God he didn't say that, because I was born in Asia. He said, all of us. We have to learn to love everyone. I'm not trying to be political, but we've got to recognize that love must be uh, brought out. Look at what uh, it says. That, Beloved, let us love one another. You, you know that he didn't say, pray, Lord, give me, so I can love. No, he said, beloved, that means we, you and I have to have an action of love. We choose to love. We, we choose to love other people. You choose. You know, you choose to stay married because you love them. Love is actually not an emotional thing. Love is a choice. When I do premarital counseling or premarital classes for people, I, I always tell young couples, love has, uh, yes, you can feel emotional and passion. And then when, you, when your future, uh, uh, you know, when the lady that you're about to get married and she walks in the room, your heart starts fluttering and you might get goosebumps, right? Uh, uh, ladies, that your man just walked in the room, oh, I love how he smells. All those things are great. But really, when it comes down, love is a choice. Yeah. It's a decision you and I make to love. It has nothing to do with what they do. It has to do with what I do. That's a hard concept for most people. Love has nothing to do with them. It has to do with me. See, I choose to love you. But, but how can you love that person? They just so, ugh. Right? We don't, ugh. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I don't think ugh is a word, but when we say it, everybody knows what you're talking about. It's an all-encompassing word. That means it's no good, it's bad, it's dangerous, it could be evil, it doesn't smell good, doesn't look good, doesn't taste good. Right? It's, it's an all-encompassing encompassing word, but how can you love? Well, let's look at it. The reason why we can love more and choose to love people that might not be lovable is because before we were saved, before Jesus uh, uh, rescued us and we accept him, we were ugly. We didn't smell good. We didn't taste good. We didn't look good. We definitely didn't speak well, or well, I would say like this, talk good. We didn't. And yet, 
God loved us enough to die. So if he loved us like that, then we must show that love to others. Now, I'm not saying that we are perfect because there are very difficult people to love. You know, for me, one of the hardest things for me to see is a man would come in with a bomb strapped to his chest and blow up children and mothers and uncles and aunts and grandparents. Lord, you died for them too? It's not easy. You know, this week, I, I told you I was dealing with a situation of a, my friend that there was some really bad things spoken that was ungodly. Actually, I would call it evil. And you know what? As I was praying, I had to pray, God, have mercy on their soul. That's not an easy thing to do when you can see that your friend is being harmed or someone you love being harmed in a vicious, malicious, deceiving, lying way. All in the name of God. That's tough. Brothers and sisters, but we have to choose love even when it doesn't feel good. I'm glad my wife chooses to love me when she doesn't feel good about me. I think the, the secret to a long marriage and a happy marriage is love thy enemy as yourself. Sometimes. Hey, it happens. But first of all, you cannot love until you have been perfected in love. You have to learn to say, Lord, I am loved in you, and so you please help me to love myself. You know that there's many people that don't love themselves? They just think, they just don't like themselves. You got to learn to love. I only have three more points. Another hour. Just. The third thing is, if you want to get this in you that's out, that God, you need to take more of godly things. Access more. Hang out with people that are, are more godly. You know, Bible says that as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Hang out with people that would inspire you. Hang out with people that would challenge you to do good work. Do you know what the Bible says? That to provoke each other to better work, Provoke each other to better work. Provoke each other to goodness. Provoke each other to love. You know what? Hang out with people that challenges you into a greater. Challenges you to live better. Challenges you to be closer to God. Give you challenges to stretch your faith. Be careful what you open yourself up to. Be careful who you open yourself up to. Be careful that what you see. I want to tell you a personal thing. My wife's sitting here. We were watching a, I don't know, for, I hadn't seen it in 20 years. And I remember the first time I saw it, it was enough. And I, I never saw it again. And all of a sudden, something crazy happened. And my wife and I watched this uh, very, very famous movie. Made lots and lots of money. And there's a part in the movie there that opened up my eye gates. And from that moment, I became weak. And it caused me to have thoughts and things. And I had to confess that to my wife. See, oftentimes they pass it. Wow, aren't you afraid to say that stuff? From no, I'm not. It's because I need God as much as you. 
Because see, when we have to be so careful today, what goes into our eyes and our ears, and what we see and what we hear and what we think. It was so bad that I couldn't sleep. And I said, honey, I need to talk to you. See, because godly sorrow brings you closer to the Lord. I say these things not because I'm some superhero, because I'm nobody without Christ. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, guard your heart before the Lord. Guard your mind before the Lord. Be careful what you expose yourself to. Hang out. I don't hang around people that use foul language all day. I, I can't do it. I know that we have to work with people like that, but that's not who I hang out with. That's not who I listen to. We got to be careful. You know what it says this? In 1 Thessalonians, um, you know, the, uh, the fourth thing is be careful what you expose yourself to. In, intake more of godly things is the third thing. The fourth thing is be careful what you expose yourself to. It says, Test all things, hold fast to what is good. And look, abstain from every form of evil. Hold fast, says test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Think about it. You be careful what you open yourself up to, what you expose yourself up to. Why do you think that God uh, 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 only allows certain intimacies within a, the confines of a marriage? It is because God wants that to be a blessing into your life. There is certain things that God wants us to keep. And it's because why? It's not because it's a negative, but actually everything God keeps us uh, in a boundary from is to protect us from being hurt. Last thing, don't lean on your own understanding. Are you okay? I'm, 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 you still with me? Yes. Last thing. Don't lean on your own understanding. Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your understanding. The problem with us walking the wrong way, the problem with us failing is because we often do depend on our own wisdom and our own strength and our own experience and our own knowledge and oftentimes it's wrong. It's wrong. Because sometimes our emotions play tricks on us. Our minds play tricks on us. People who are good meaning would tell us things and it sounds good, but it's not the truth. It is not the fact. It is not of God. Don't lean, don't depend on your own understanding. Don't depend on your own wisdom. Don't depend on the wisdom of this world to affect you in the spirit. Because the wisdom of this world will never help you get to a place because God lives in you. And so you need, if God is living in you, then you need the spiritual wisdom of God to help you live out your life. You know, I hear often uh, today, it's, it's the modern day Christian, and it scares me because they really don't know what it means to be a follower of Christ. 
They're going with the crowd. I'm not getting on it. They're going with the crowd. It sounds good, smells good. It's got pretty lights. I'm there. There's nothing wrong with that because that's kind of fun. But be sure you know what God has in His Word. What God has in His Word. Don't lean on your own understanding. How can a person pursue God, write music for God, and then reject God? How can a person do great things and still, it's because why? They are leaning on their own understanding. You know, one, I was um, with one of our overseers this past week and, or uh, a couple weeks ago. We had some coffee and some lunch. And I remember asking him, I said, you know, you come from a long line of pastors. You've been a businessman. You've been very successful. I said, if, if you, you speak to a young man that's in his 30 or that's 30 years old or a young lady, so what is one advice that you would give him? Okay? You know what he said to me? Our overseer, Bishop Holly, said, he said, make Jesus their friend. And I, he said, yeah, if, if, if they only can hear me say one advice, make Jesus their friend. You know what that means? Is when you have Jesus as your friend, you can lean on his understanding. You can lean on his wisdom. And you can ask him questions. What do you say to a person that does not have an experience? You know, we have school teachers here. What do you tell uh, the first-time teachers that just graduated from the university? What, they have no experience in the classroom. So what do they should do? Do, do, does the principal just throw them in there and say, well, just use your training? Or the smart teachers would go find someone with experience to learn to get wisdom from that experience. So when you lack experience, you go find someone with experience so that you can gain their wisdom. Brothers and sisters, when you lack understanding of God's word, find a good church, find a man of God or a woman of God, find people around you that have been walking by the faith, that you can look at their life and there's fruit in it and learn from their experience. And that's why you can't just have church at the house by yourself. Me and Jesus is good enough, right? Because guess what? You don't learn from experience of people. Brothers and sisters, there is greater in you. You know how you do that? You increase your capacity for God's word. You know, if you don't have a hunger and thirst for God's word, you know what you should pray today? Lord, let me hunger for your word. Let me really hunger for it because he is the bread of life. You want to have greater come through you, make a choice to love others more. You know what? Make a connection with them. Even if they get on your nerve, make a connection with them. I often think about, you know, my kids. Sometimes they get on my nerve, but I still love them. And I get on their nerve, and they still love me. Take in more godly things. Take in, that's the third thing, take in more godly things. What are you taking in right now? You know what, what they say, you are what you eat. Are you a fast food eater? All the time? Or are you one of them kale salad kind of people? That's me. I'm trying to be. Be careful 
The fourth thing, be careful. If, you, if in you there's greater. So we have to be careful what we expose ourselves to. It says, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Be careful what you expose yourself to. Be careful who you hang out with. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful. It might look good. It might smell good. It had pretty lights. But be careful. I say this to young ladies. Please be careful. Protect yourself. Lastly, don't lean on your own understanding. Lean on the wisdom of God. Lean on the wisdom of God. If you don't have a lot of experience, go find somebody. You know what the Bible says? That there is safety in a multitude of counsel? Really? Did you know that? You're not, don't be a lone ranger. Find some people and get their counsel and say, you know, get some wise counsel. Don't get people that don't know what they're doing, please. Okay? If you're looking for marriage advice, don't find somebody been married like three times and all their spouses are still alive. That's probably not a good plan. And they're working on their fourth one. Okay? Get some, if you're looking for a person to help you build a restaurant or business, find some people that's been successful. If you're looking to one that is raising a good child or a good family, or you're looking one about a person that's trying to balance their life and marriage and children, find some people and get their experience and say, how did you do it? How did you do it, Lon? How did you do it, Brother Dan? How did you do it, Pat? How did you do it, Paul? How did you do it? How did you end up raising boys and, and getting through and, and getting a, and they were never on drugs? How did you do it? And I probably, most of them would tell you, I prayed a lot. Yeah. Let us stand. Y'all okay? Yeah. Thank you for coming. There is greater in me. Just want you to just, just hear those words and say it to yourself openly. Just, just hear yourself say it. There is greater in me. He that is in me is greater than anything I'll ever go through, anything I'll ever face. Disappointment, you're not greater. Fear, you're not greater. Discouragement, you're not greater. Depression, you're not greater. Addiction, you're not greater. Drugs, you're not greater. Lust, you're not greater. Lack, you're not greater. Poverty, you're not greater. Alcohol, you're not greater. Sickness, you're not greater. Because he that's in me is greater than he that's in this world. Let us bow our heads and as we hear this song they sing, I just want to pray a word of blessing over you, Heavenly Father. Well, before I do that, it, just everybody just close your eyes. It, is there anybody here that's just dealing with something and you just feel... You just feel overwhelmed. Maybe it's your job. Maybe your physical being. You're just not feeling well. Maybe it's your mind. Maybe you're dealing with some 
some emotional things. Maybe there's hurt. Could you just, I don't need to know what it is. Could you just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, it's an unspoken. I need help right now. <clears throat> you don't have to tell me, just tell the Lord. Maybe that's you. Maybe you have a fear right now. Maybe whatever it is, just keep your hand up. Just lift up your hand right now and just say, Pastor, right now. That's it. Just keep your hand. It doesn't matter. Nobody knows what you're praying about. Nobody knows what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter. It could be your kids. It could be your, it could be your job. It could be anything. But right now, Pastor, I need a prayer. And as you raise your hand, the Holy Spirit knows right now. The Holy Spirit knows. Maybe you should speak it out softly in your, Lord, Holy Spirit, you know what I need. You know the fear I got. You know what I'm dealing with. Lord, I even have a prayer that I need lifted up. I believe your word. You said that you are greater. He that is in me is greater than he that's in the world. Heavenly Father, you see these hands lifted up. God, you see these people even watching us right now. Lord, whatever they're dealing with, that they're lacking in, God, whatever's in their mind, I ask that you would give them mercy. I ask you give, help them, strengthen them, forgive them. God, that you are our healer, that you are our provider. God, that you that live in us is greater than anything that we'd ever go through. I bless your people in your mighty name, Jesus. I bless them. I bless their finance. I bless their marriage. I bless their children, their home. I bless their job. I bless these school teachers, God, that's about to go back to teach these children. I ask you for divine protection over them. Lord, physical protection. Protect their children that's in their classroom. Protect them, Lord. Keep them safe. God, keep their school safe. God, keep their teachers safe. Every person be safe this year in their class and in their school. Lord, I lift up every man right now, God, that has fears and lack. God, that's dealing with certain things in their life. Maybe, God, they lack confidence in you. Maybe they even have doubt in you. Lord, I ask that you would strengthen them right now. Strengthen them to be the man that you've called them to be. I lift up the ladies in this church, all those that are watching us. Lord, whatever they're dealing with right now, help them, guide them, increase in their life. Increase. Ladies, I speak increase to you in every capacity of your life. If there are fears in your life, I rebuke them in the name of Jesus. You are beautiful. You are God's daughter. He made you beautiful. He is greater in you. Lord, protect all of our minds, all of our hearts. Watch over every person. We bless your holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. As you listen to this song, God bless you. See you next week. If not, we'll see you in leadership retreat. God bless you. Let us worship as we leave.
You're the Lord of this nation. 